Hello, it's David here. If you hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast provider, you'll have our news, analysis, commentary and features delivered to you at 4pm every day. Timed just right for your commute or daily drive, even if you're just in the house. You can get in touch with us too using the hashtag The Leader Podcast on social media. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. A mistake on a spreadsheet meant 16,000 coronavirus cases were not counted by the UK's test and trace system. It's amazing that this could have happened. The whole test and trace apparatus has completely failed the country. We speak to former World Health Organization medic Professor Carol Sakura and a new Bond film is huge now that that's gone. The reasons to go to the cinema have become fleeting. Critic Jack Shepard from Total Film magazine as cinema chain Cine World goes into hibernation in Britain and the US. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, what's going on with the track and trace system? This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. User mistakes in Excel have a long history of being involved in major crises. In 2012, JP Morgan lost $6 billion when an employee copied and pasted the wrong information. In 2010, MI5 put bugs in the phones of more than 100 innocent people because of a formatting error. Someone at Kodak put too many zeros in a column in 2005, causing an accounting anomaly that sent the company's shares tumbling. This year, the spreadsheet software strikes again. This time, 16,000 positive coronavirus cases were lost because the chart had reached its maximum size and couldn't update. Our editorial column can't believe the shambles. This is hardly the first problem the supposedly world-beating test and trace programme has encountered. It took far too long to set up and is still yet to operate at sufficient capacity. Tests are still not readily available to everyone who needs them. Repeated promises by the health secretary that the system will be fixed are yet to be fulfilled. This week's calamity shows we are still some way away. 
but it is on the success of Test and Trace that the nation's best hopes rely. Get it right, and not only will lives be saved, but the country will have less need to impose lockdowns and make the painful trade-offs that come with them. Well, if you're one of Professor Carol Sakura's 337,000 Twitter followers, you may have been surprised to find the normally optimistic doctor admit his anger, calling the situation not good enough. He's with me now. Carol, this is just about unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, it's just one of a series of errors. You remember way back the way in which the deaths were very sadly counted and a lot of people who died of cancer and road traffic accidents were counted as COVID deaths by the same agency, Public Health England. And so it's clear there was something so important, so absolutely vital to trying to get society back to normal or some form of normal. Um, it's amazing that this could have happened at this point in time when we've been in this for more than six months. Surely we've got systems that can monitor this. The whole test and trace apparatus has completely failed the country. So adding this extra 16,000 in, it appears to show that the UK is actually where the government expected it to be right now in terms of coronavirus infections. Absolutely. But what we don't understand is why the hospitalizations haven't gone up. And that that's the key. Uh, if the hospitalizations don't go up, they have gone up a little bit, but it's a very, very small little blip compared to what it was in April. And, you know, the number of spare COVID-style beds available is massive compared with where we've got to with people actually in hospital with COVID. At the moment, the total of people in hospital, total number of people in hospital with COVID is, is 2,400. That's right across the UK. So you can imagine all the hospitals everywhere have a few COVID patients and them not much more than that. And that adds, adds up to 2,400. Many of these people are quite well and they'll be going home in the next few days. And the entry rate into hospital, the admission rate, is around 400 a day at the moment. It doesn't show any sign of shooting away with itself as it did at the beginning of this pandemic. Isn't there a problem, Carol, that people might not trust what numbers they're getting from the government if we have such basic mistakes as a problem with an Excel spreadsheet? I, I, th I think that's true. The loss of faith in, in big authority, big government is, is absolutely clear. And, uh, you know, do you believe anything you're told? I mean, forget the conspiracy theory. There's no deliberate policy to confuse. This is, they don't have enough brains to have a deliberate policy to confuse. They're confused enough as it is. Uh, but there's no doubt we've got to smarten up our act here. And uh, I mean, it's partly because it's multi-agency data I mean, even things like the test kits, the, the logistics of the test kits that you do yourself and post back, you've got Amazon delivering, Royal Mail collecting. Royal Mail have done really well. Um, you know, the priority boxes and so on, they can't be faulted. No one seems to be in charge of it. That's the thing. Sitting there in an office with a team of three or four people, computers, working out how best to do this. And a war room, if you like. You can remember Churchill in his war room uh, in Westminster in the old days. Well, that, that's the sort of thing I would like to see happening here. As a doctor, as someone who uses 
these figures. What do you need to see? What must happen now for you to start trusting them again? The first thing I need to see is the NHS 111. That's the early warning signal. And that's fantastic. NHS Digital have done a really good job on presenting every day, 24 hours. No, no argument, it comes up. The second thing is testing. And that is complete mess, both the testing apparatus itself and we should have much slicker ways of uh, getting packages to patients' homes and, and getting them tested. The test's not great, having said that, because there are false positives, false negatives. It, it depends how sensitive you switch up the sensitivity of the PCR test, as it's called. Uh, so it's not a great test. It's not like a blood sugar in someone that's diabetic. You can monitor it goes up and down quite smoothly. This is not quite as good as that. It's not an all or nothing thing. But there's no doubt the numbers have got to be smartened up. The presentation of the numbers have got to be made much more logical. Next. It's like with restaurants, you know, you go once, you kind of break the seal and you think, oh, it's okay to go back again. But cinemas need to be there. All the cinemas can't have closed down in the meantime. Jack Shepard from Total Film Magazine as Cineworld shuts down indefinitely. If we don't do this, there will be nothing left to save. Just one month ago, the No Time to Die trailer promised James Bond would return to save the world this November. Cinema bosses hoped that meant them too, but he's going to be late. As a result, the huge Cine World chain has decided to shut its theatres in the UK and US temporarily, with 45,000 staff affected. With me now is Jack Shepard from Total Film Magazine. Jack, did James Bond just kill cinema? It's a hard one because E.ON, who are releasing this movie, you know, they don't release many movies. If Bond's going to come out, they need it to make, you know, over a billion dollars, really. You know, Skyfall, Spectre, they both made over a billion. The budget on this is 250 million. People have been saying this, quote unquote, take a hit, you know, with this movie. But cinemas do need a draw. They need a movie that everyone's going to be talking about and everyone's going to recommend to someone. You know, Bond is one of those films that does that. You know, everyone and their grandmas goes to see the new Bond film, especially here in the UK. You know, we love it. Daniel Craig's, you know, it's his final Bond film. It's the big one. We all want to go see it. I'm desperate to see this film. You know, we had it on the cover of Total Film earlier this year. You know, we were all so ready for it to come out. We had people on set. It was just going to hopefully be phenomenal and it will be a huge draw earlier this year you know we had Tenet come out the Christopher Nolan movie Christopher Nolan's a big draw in himself Dunkirk and Stella Inception they're all phenomenal films but the problem is it's it's not quite Bond you know Tenet isn't a new Bond film a new Bond film is you know it, it's huge it's going to top the box office this year whenever it comes out now that that's gone the reasons to go to the cinema have become fleeting. You know, once people and the people who are interested in seeing Tenet have gone to see it, then it that's kind of done and it's not going to expand that much. You know, word of mouth with that film has been quite mixed. Studios are looking at that movie and thinking, well, if that didn't make normal Chris Nolan numbers, then we don't want to risk not making normal Bond numbers. It's it's hard because you, you can see, you can understand why Eon did that, but you also just need a movie to come out and you need one of the studios to put out something big you know there were there were other opportunities there could have been black widow which could have come out through disney the marvel film 
but they delayed that they got scared they got worried you know there was wonder woman that's been pushed to christmas you know there were supposed to be big films out now so it's not just bond so you know it's it's about getting people out people have been suggesting a watch out to help out scheme do you do that for cinemas to get them going again you know boris johnson has urged people today to go back to the cinemas you know that's not enough really you need some sort of incentive you need to give people a reason to go back bond was a reason now it's gone it's going to really affect cinemas they will come back in the long run but in the meantime you've got you know as you said thousands of people without jobs and it is it's just going to be difficult i kind of feel for daniel craig a little bit because he's been trying to get out of being bond for quite a while and it looks like he's going to be stuck there for a lot longer than planned but looking ahead if the new bond film comes out as now replanned for next year the other blockbusters that you've mentioned i'm looking forward to the new ghostbusters that's supposed to be coming out in march if those do come out is it possible that 2021 could be the best year for cinema ever and that'll be the reason alone that people go back it's an interesting idea. I'd like to think so. I really, really hope so. With studios still pushing stuff back, there's going to be a hangover of people who don't want to go back. You need to break that barrier down first. And it, it's like with restaurants. You know, you go once, you kind of break the seal, and you think, oh, it's okay to go back again. With cinema, it'll be the same. You go back to a cinema, you see how safe it is, how, you know, every, you know, all the precautions that are in place, and then you feel comfortable going back. Is that going to happen before next year? I really hope so. Dune's coming out in December. That could be the big film to, you know, get people going back again. But cinemas need to be there. All the cinemas can't have closed down in the meantime. You know, there's not an extended furlough scheme at the moment to keep these workers in place. They're being asked by Cineworld, you know, we'd like you to come back eventually. What are they supposed to do in the meantime to like pay rent? They're not going to be there. You need that support system along the way. You know, this is why I don't really blame Eon or any of these studios because they're making, you know, financial moves that, realistically makes sense to them really it's on the government they haven't provided help like they have other industries you know this all comes down to the government really not helping out as much as they should have done to an industry that is now you know it is on the edge hopefully next year will be amazing but also there are movies now that are coming out. This Friday, there's a movie called St. Maud. It's a horror movie released by Studio Canal. It's really fun horror movie. You know, if you're into it, go see it because there are still gonna be cinemas running that are showing it. They're still, I just got an email through saying they're still releasing that movie. They're pushing ahead with it. Hopefully people will go out again. Um, but yeah, next year will be, it'll be a chaos of big movies. Um, which should be really fun and hopefully, you know, fingers crossed for cinemas in the meantime and hopefully they get the support they need. But Jack, what about watching movies at home? Everyone's got big screens now. Those people have surround sound systems. You can bring in your own popcorn, have your mates around. Disney seemed to have some success when they released Onward originally as a kind of add-on to Disney Plus when you could sort of purchase it. Um, 
Is that the future of cinema? It's, a, it's an interesting question because obviously Netflix and Disney Plus and you know, in the States they've launched HBO Max and all these streaming services that they're putting movies onto now. And they have done very, very well out of the pandemic. Everyone's logging onto streaming. Movies have adapted already for streaming. You know, you've got the big blockbusters, the Marvel movies, that kind of stuff. They all have these huge CGI explosions. Budgets have gone way up. But also profits have gone up for those movies. Now, it will be interesting to see later this month in November how Soul does at cinemas. You know, it's a Pixar film, but it's not Toy Story. It's not Toy Story 5. It's not, what you know, one of the big hitters. Will it do well? It will be interesting to see. And I think that will be, you know, a sign of whether perhaps Bond should have come out from a financial perspective. But also, Seoul obviously isn't big enough to keep Cineworld open. You know, without cinemas open, how are you going to go see that movie? That's the question. And so, really, you know, it's, a, it's all a juggling act. You need, the, you need cinemas open for people to go see movies in the cinema, uh, but you need movies to get people in the cinemas. Where's that line going to be drawn of, like, we need to release a movie just to keep it open? You know, I mean, worst case scenario someone like Disney ends up buying all the cinema chains and then only releasing Disney films. You know, that's quite a terrifying idea. Are we just going to be seeing Disney's for the rest of our time? I hope not. I hope cinemas can survive the way they are. Fingers crossed for the future. And that's the leader. You can keep up with all the latest developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.